The Path of Resistance podcast is the podcast for people wanting to learn how living life with intentionality can lead us to living our best lives. In today's world, the norm is to follow the path of least resistance, which leads to mediocrity at best. Instead, you should strive to take the path of resistance, knowing that what's to come is sweeter than what you ever could have imagined. I'm your host, Carly Welty. Join me as I interview guests who have taken the path of resistance in all areas of life and are here to share the beauty that has brought them. On this journey, you can expect to hear stories about finances, faith, business, mindset, and anything in between. Let's dive in. Krista is a business coach, photographer, and host of the She Calls Her Shots podcast. She helps creative business owners ditch the overwhelm and create thriving businesses by focusing on the tactical strategies, habits, mindset, and confidence work that's crucial to help them see long-term sustainable growth. If you are an online entrepreneur and have ever thought about creating memberships, this podcast episode is for you. Even if you've ever thought about starting your own business, this episode will bring you tremendous value. If you enjoy listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you could leave a review on Apple Podcast, share it on Instagram, or even with a friend. Here's the episode. Hi, Krista. How are you today? Hi, Carly. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Okay, so I'm just going to jump into the first question, which is what is an example of a time that you took the path of resistance, which led to a more beautiful result? Yeah, so this is really interesting because I... I'm going to answer this kind of in a, in a way where I didn't know that I was taking the path of resistance, which I feel like this is pretty common, for, especially for business owners is like, we get these little nudges of things that like are pulling us in a certain direction. We think that this is the right way for us to go, but we're feeling a lot of resistance along the way. And then we end up having to go a different direction. Um, so I'm going to answer it kind of from that perspective, but uh, it's in the beginning of 2021, I had this idea I think it was actually the end of 2020, but I officially launched um, a membership in January of 2021. I think it was the end of 2020. The timing doesn't really matter, but I had had this on my heart where I wanted to launch a membership. It was always on my heart to want to help creative entrepreneurs. That's why I started the podcast. That's why I've started one-on-one coaching. And so in my head at the time, I was being pulled in this direction of a membership because in my head, I immediately went towards like, a membership that's so scalable, I can help so many people, and it'll be a great way for me to continue my path of helping to educate and mentor other creatives. So, oh man, I I like, even the way that I approached it was like a lot of resistance because in my head, I'm the type of person where I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to like go all in. I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, like doing it the best way that I can. So (laughs) Here we are, like, you know, the beginning of January, I have poured like literally a couple of thousand dollars into having someone create this like platform, design this platform where I can host all my videos. I already have a couple of trainings in there from me, which let me just tell you, creating video trainings that were even only like an hour to an hour and a half long. Some of them took me like eight hours in a day to record. And so this like just labor of love and everything that I could grow into, I just was like pouring into this membership, spent all this time, spent all this money. Um, And I should add in that the membership, it was kind of similar to what you've probably seen out there for memberships, very low cost. So the price for the membership is like $27 per person. So I was not making a significant amount of money every time someone joined, but my bigger intention was I want to help as many people as possible. Scalability, right? My mind is just like scalable, scalable. And so I kept jumping into this thing, focusing on scalability, focusing on low cost, 
not realizing that I'm a team of one. Like I don't have the money, the funds, the ability to create this large group of people who can come in and automatically support me and help me build this out. I just, I didn't have that available. And so it was this learning moment for me after like six months, eight months of doing it. I finally kind of got to the point. I had a handful of members, but it was just it, like it. I started it for sustainability and it was not sustainable. Like the way that I was doing it, having to pour so much time, energy, not making any money from it, which I mean, I don't make any money really from the podcast, but that at least is a method that is sustainable that I can maintain and like doesn't take up 90% of my time to put the episodes out. Whereas this, oh, this membership just, I feel like it was resistance, resistance, resistance. And I kept pushing through it because I was like, no, this is what I should be doing. This is what I should be doing. Fast forward eight months later, I finally was like, okay, you know what? I, I hear you. I feel you. This is not what I'm, you know, like, this is maybe not the thing I'm supposed to be doing. It was really hard to close it because as any creative entrepreneur or anyone who owns a business knows it's, it's hard when you've poured a lot of time and energy and money into something to be like, this just isn't working. And I, and I have to pivot, but I did. And I'm so grateful that I did because choosing to stop that and choosing to go into a new direction, um, in 2022, um, throughout the whole year, I really started developing and working on like, what, what can I do? And I think an important note here, something that I realized was this jump to jump, jumping to scalability was I think one lesson that I learned from it is that give yourself grace when you're starting something off. It doesn't have to be scalable in the beginning. It doesn't have to be this thing that you can scale to be thousands or hundreds or like, oh, it's going to work for five, 10 years. And I think sometimes as new business owners, we put this pressure on ourselves of needing to have it be scalable and needing to have it look like we have everything figured out. Like let yourself not really know what you're doing in the beginning and try things out and see what works. Um, Because that has then allowed me, I'm actually now while we're recording this, I'm about to launch a group coaching program, which I feel like the beautiful gift that I got from this membership trial and error process was realizing there is a way that you can help more people at a time that actually is created in a way that is sustainable and feels good and doesn't require all of your time and energy to do and that helps groups of people and you don't just have to work one-on-one. And so I was able to take this really resistant filled way of how I thought that I needed to grow and eventually over time and learning and making mistakes, turn it into something that actually feels really good. So I think that's the first thing that comes to mind is just that like, sometimes we feel called to do something. And even if it's not the thing we're called to do for the long run, we have to do it, we have to try it. And we may even have to fail at it in order to then be able to grow to figure out where it is that we actually should be going. Yes. Wow. I have so many thoughts. Okay. (laughs) Um, First of all, I just feel like your whole journey, people can take that as like a learning opportunity for you to have to start out and put all this pressure on yourself to make it sustainable and then to push yourself for six, eight months, invest money into it, invest time, which is, you know, some might argue even more valuable than money. And then to ultimately close it down and pivot. I think there's so many lessons to learn from that because one, you just started, right? And that's so hard, especially with especially after if someone hears this story they're like oh crap if I wanted to start something like that and then I hear you know what her struggle was maybe I want to double think that but just starting is half the 
the struggle and the battle. And like you did, you started and you tried it for, you know, some trial and error. It ended up not working. And then you ended up pivoting, but if you would have never started, you wouldn't be where you are today. So that's, yeah. You have anything to say about that? Anything to add? Uh, yeah, I have lots to say about that. And it's interesting because, you know, I think just kind of talking about memberships with, you may not even, anyone listening may be like, that's really not even on my radar, but it might be one day because a couple of years ago, it was never on my radar either. So I think something to learn is that even for one of my, um, specifically one of my one-on-one clients recently had an idea to launch a membership. She didn't know kind of the whole backstory of everything that I had just explained. Um, and she's like, you know, I was thinking of starting a membership because one of the caveats and one of the things that kind of does bug me about some of these things like this is that certain business coaches, certain people will tell someone, oh, you should start a membership. We'd be great. You can help. Like they kind of like sell all of the really great benefits of the membership. And they really don't talk about like all of the things that go into creating it. And I think I got a little sucked into um, everybody who had memberships talking about how wonderful they were. And so in my head, I was just like, oh, this is so great. Um, so now like when she brought it up, I wasn't immediately like, oh my gosh, no, let me tell you about how much of a struggle it was for me. But what I did say was memberships can be really great. And I talked about some of the positive things. If you have a big audience, if you already have people who are engaged and who you can, if you feel like you can make it profitable and sustainable in a way that feels good. However, here are some things to think about. They're usually low cost. They usually take a lot of time. And so I was able to then approach it with them as like, this isn't an immediate no, it's just, yes, that could be great. And here's all of these other things <laughs> that you want to consider. Um, but like I said, it's had I not gone through that experience, I would not be where I am today. And so I never want people to think like, oh, I was thinking of doing a membership. Maybe that's not the thing for me. Maybe you really feel called that that's the thing for you to do. My one invitation for you is start off lighter like don't invest thousands of dollars into like start off in a way that is the easiest, most uh, sustainable, least resistance way for you to at least get it going and build momentum. And you can see if it's the right thing for you to be doing. And if it is great, keep going. If it's not, at least you don't have to walk away and be like, oh gosh, I learned a lot of the lesson. And I also like spent all this time, money, energy into building something that maybe wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And I think a, a big focus could be like sustainability over scalability, because if you can't sustain it, you're never going to be able to scale it. But before I go on, I want to back up a little bit because some people that listen to this podcast aren't in the online entrepreneurship. They might just be entrepreneurs in general. So they're probably like, what the heck is she talking about a membership? Yeah. <laughs> so to back yeah. up, you're a, you call yourself a business coach, right? That's your, that's your business. And then you also have a photography business. So you kind of Actually, you give our, your background. You started out in photography and then this it led you here. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I launched my photography business while I was still in college. Uh, I was, I think, 21. I bought my first digital SLR camera and like it just kind of like grew from there. I had no idea what I was doing. And fast forward 12 years later, um, well, fast forward 10 years later, I had officially left my full-time job. That's a whole other side story. It took me 10 years to leave my full-time job because I bounced back and forth from, I grew up in Florida, moved to California moved back to Florida, moved back to California. So it was kind of a, it was a long journey for me to be able to finally go full-time in my business. Um, but I went full-time in 2019 in photography. And that's an important thing to note because I left thinking that I was going to go full-time in, at the time I was doing weddings and engagements and branding sessions and thought I wanted to get into photo education, like literally specifically teaching people how to take better photos. 
I left in 2019. I started kind of with the idea of creating a course for photographers. Here's how to get your business started from the technical photography side. Very quickly realized that is not what I want to be teaching. I That's when I learned I would rather be teaching people how to actually grow a business, like all of the fundamentals behind building the structures behind the actual business side of it, not like here's how to get better lighting or here's how to use your camera. Um, but I had that realization and then COVID hit and then photography stopped, like no shoots on the calendar for 10 plus months. And that was the first time in 12 years that I had had nothing on my schedule. And so I was like, midlife crisis. What am I doing? Do I even want to keep doing this? Like, where is it that I want to grow? It was also a big realization because I thought I was leaving for technical photography education. And then when that wasn't what I wanted to do now this like business coaching also felt new so just it was like a rebirth of like who I wanted to be and it was incredibly scary um but that's when I really started to realize into the end of 2020 when I launched my podcast and I was like well let me just start talking about business let me just start doing it in a way that like where I can kind of get my feet wet and see how this feels and then in 2021 I was like all right I've been doing this for almost a year like I feel like I can take the leap and actually start helping people like one-on-one with this. And I started doing more one-on-one coaching and then it's kind of evolved into that today. But yeah, I've, I've done both like the, the in-person photography, I built my business online, but I also provided like an actual like service to people. And then now still doing photography, mostly doing branding photography and doing the online like coaching for creatives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to note because I mean, I don't know the backstory of a lot of business coaches, but it's, it's good to note that you are a business owner yourself first and foremost, and then yes. a business coach. So you have the experience, you know what it takes to build that business and the, the hardships and the struggles and the joys that come with that business. So I want to comment a little bit into, you said like you got sucked into the memberships and I just feel like that's so relevant in today's, I don't know, I guess I'm mostly on Instagram. So that's where I'm most influenced, but I feel like everyone's shouting from the rooftops, how much you can make as a business coach and launch this membership easy peasy in six months, you're going to be making over a hundred K. Can you yeah. kind of bust that myth or what you yeah. think about that? <laughs> that is my biggest, like the, and especially now that I am a coach. I'm so grateful for one, I'll start off. I'm so grateful that I did not fall into or follow that model when I first started coaching of what you see, like business coach, make a lot of money, don't work very hard, make six figures. Like that was never something that I subscribed to. And I think it all comes back to, I've always just had that belief of how can I help more people? It was never really focused on the money. It was just when the membership didn't work, I realized how important the money actually is because you need the money to be able to have a business. Um, Yeah, you can't have a business if you don't have money. But that was never my first focus. And I'm so grateful for that. And it really, really, really bothers me when you hear people, especially, and if anyone here is like looking for a business coach, like really look into the people that are coaches, because that is so true. You said like, there are people who all of a sudden I'm going to be a business coach and that's fine. But like, have you been through the things that you're talking about? And for me, it was like, it took me that year of podcasting pretty much talking about here's all the hardships here's all the things getting feedback from listeners like getting comments getting posts getting reviews getting people being like oh my gosh this is me it was all of this where I realized like okay this is helping it's working I feel like I can do something with this and not to say that all of a sudden I got my I was terrified when I got my first client my first I didn't charge very much and she was like yeah I want to work with you and in my head I was like you want to pay me like this is crazy um (laughs) 
And I didn't have this belief of like, oh, I'm going to charge exponentially and then I'm going to get all these clients and I'm going to make all this money. But what I will say is that because I chose to invest first in the people, because I chose first to invest in the content that I'm sharing, like really providing value, I, I can't honestly tell you that growing the coaching side of my business has felt so much easier than any other time I've tried to start something way easier than the membership. That's for sure way easier than when I started my photography business. And I think it's really checking in with yourself of like, kind of what's my intention behind this. And it's okay if money is a part of it. Like, like I said, we're all like, we, we need money if we're going to grow a business, but really checking in with like, wh what is it that's really calling me to do this? And like, just figuring out, does this actually feel like it's something that not only I'm excited about and I feel like I can continue to do over time. Um, but yeah, it's something that I really feel called to help people with. Mm -hmm. And you said that you feel like it felt easier to build the business coaching side. And was it because you built up almost this vault of value to bring to customers? I guess my question is, do you think that you could have provided the same value without ha having that time of almost no return. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. need a return on your investment, but for this one period of time, I'm focusing on investing without any return. Yeah, definitely. I think the latter of what you just said and something that was really beneficial again about kind of learning from the really hard time. So I'll go back to the membership. When I was building out the membership, it forced me to learn how to email people weekly it forced me to get really creative in how I advertised and marketed for the membership because you had to talk about it all the time. And so I started launching um, free workshops, free masterclasses, free things. Like I had to, I was already doing that inside the membership. And so I, it got me really comfortable with, okay, recording things, providing value, and kind of to your point of maybe not necessarily making any money from it. Um, but I learned the tools to create the free workshops. I was in tandem, also providing all the free value on the podcast, um, I was learning to put myself out there, like putting out a workshop and maybe not really getting that many people on it. So I was like growing all of those non-tangible muscles and skills. Um, and I was, I because I had learned how to email and whatever, I was starting to slowly grow my email list. People were joining the workshop. So it was kind of this, again, going back to, I really, truly don't think I'd be where I am today if I hadn't gone through all the struggles of going through that membership process. But I think because it stretched me to, to try all of these things and to put myself out there in creative and new ways, that helped me really build that connection and relationship with people. So now I, I don't feel like I'm starting from scratch necessarily. I have podcast listeners. I have people who are on my email list, even though I'm only just now building the muscle regularly emailing them. But it's like all of those things building up to where, but for me, I, the thing is, is that like I put myself out there. If, if we're not actively speaking about the things that we're offering, like all the time, that's going to be like the key number one. Like that's the only way people are going to know about you and like get into your circle and follow you and get to know you. And then two, um, I lost my second point, but yeah, just really focus. Oh, focusing on connection. So like really putting yourself out there and then also focusing on that connection piece and building those relationships. And I think that's been the key of like why this has felt less resistance built than previous things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying because even I struggle with like constantly talking about the services I provide. For example, I have a DIY spreadsheet 
And I remember I spent like, I don't know, say 20 hours building the spreadsheet to make it look beautiful and all this stuff. And while I was making it, I was thinking, this is exciting and I'm going to be able to help people. And since I've launched it, I think I've sold like two and not because it's not a good product. I think it's, I still think it's a really good tool for smaller business owners that aren't necessarily, they don't need a subscription yet. So it saves you the cost of a reoccurring accounting subscription. And some of those can be kind of complicated. So you kind of need the background of like how accounting works to be able to use them accurately. So basically it's just simplified. Mm-hmm. So anyways, all that to say, I created it thinking that I was going to immediately have so much return after I launched it. And that just didn't happen. And have complete faith that in the future I can use it to provide value to people and talk about it more. That's just not my focus right now. I just have a lot of other things going on. So putting yourself out there and making those connections is a big part of it. Yeah. Well, and I, so I created, I started working with a podcast manager last year and she kind of encouraged me to create, cause I had had a handful of freebies. They were kind of small things, things that I felt were helpful, but, um, I felt like I could do something more impactful, but I hadn't really just put the energy into doing it. She encouraged me to do something a little bit more impactful that really tied people back to my services. And so I created this free workshop. It ended up being an hour and a half. Oh man, that was a lot of, it was like a straight recording. It was just me talking to camera, but very, very valuable. I actually had delivered it live previously. So these free workshops I keep talking about, it was one that I had done. I had split it into three days. And I had people actually join live. Uh, I had talked about it. People had signed up for it, registered and actually joined me live, which was amazing. Um, But so after I had had that workshop, I then just turned it into one condensed workshop that I now offer to people. And I'd always heard it's better to have one really solid lead magnet than it is to have a bunch of little ones. And ever since kind of this process has taught me that that is true is really having like you're talking about that one thing that you have just poured so much time and energy into that that also relates back to your services. There might be freebies that you create that are like helpful and cute and fun, but if they don't really tie back to what it is that you offer, it's probably not gonna entice people to actually want to learn more and work with you. But so having that was great. And I really think, yeah, it's having that one thing and then getting really curious about, okay, now that I have this, how can I really creatively offer value to people and then gently lead them to this thing that I've created? But I think sometimes we, we get stuck into like, we just need to sell and push the thing that we created. And I think that's fine sometimes. Like it's, it's okay to just every once in a while let people know, hey, I have this thing, it could be really helpful. But are there ways that you can get out there, get more visible, put yourself out there, provide that value to people and then let them know, hey, you wanna learn more? Here's this really great thing that I have. Um, but I think we just get really scared about putting ourselves out there, providing that value. Cause that, that voice comes in of like, nobody cares what you think. And like, no one actually thinks, you know what you're talking about. And so all of those voices pop in and then we let those voices take over that tell us we shouldn't go out and provide value. But honestly, that's going to be the number one thing to how you grow your business is fighting past those voices and just going out there and like people need the value that you have. And so being able and feel confident to, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, fighting the voices, because it's really your own imagination, like your own, I don't know, all your doubtful, yeah, your fears, your doubtful thoughts. And I don't know if you struggle with this, but just like putting your, putting yourself out there. Like I created a whole new Instagram for my business. And then I think I posted a couple of posts on my personal, like just saying that I started my business in case anyone like needed bookkeeping services and they know who to go to. 
And it was funny the other day, a personal friend was like, oh yeah, didn't you post on social media that you started something? And I was like, oh my gosh, what did she see? Did she see that reel where I was like being goofy and silly? Does she think I'm stupid? (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's not anything she said or anything she might've even thought, but it's just like those, the doubt in your mind. And so just putting yourself out there, I think is a really hard part. Yeah. I have a client who she is a photographer and she is at the very early stages, like in the process of creating a website, in the process of telling people, like she is at the, I have this, I've been wanting to do it, but I've been too afraid to actually like say that I'm it. And the first thing that we worked on, I was like, before you start the website, before you think about font colors, before you think about literally anything, I'm like, the first thing I want you to do is to get comfortable meeting people and like telling them your title. Like I, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'm like, that is step number one. If you can't feel confident telling people, this is what I do. Like, it doesn't matter how much creative, pretty cute stuff you put out online. Like if you can't talk confidently about and believe you don't have to fully, you can borrow other people's beliefs for a little bit. You can be like, this person believes in me. So I'm going to borrow that for a little bit. You don't have to fully believe in yourself, but you have to be able, you have to be able to talk about it because if you can't do that, like that's like, that's foundational level step Mm -hmm. number one. Yeah. And that's always, that's so much more valuable too than a website. You know what I mean? You could put hours and hours and hours into this gorgeous website. I mean, it really would be a great thing that you created, but who knows? But if nobody knows what you do, yeah. (laughs) If nobody is going to it, it's like, if you can get out there and go to events, go to networking things, go out in your community, if you can tell people what you do, you are going to be very surprised at the random people that you meet who are like, oh, either they need that or they know somebody who needs that. And like, that's Mm -hmm. how all of this stuff just starts to slowly build. Yeah. And it's funny because I have a bookkeeping coach and she says like, whenever you start your business, you need to be telling everybody that you own a bookkeeping business. Like you should literally be telling your mailman. (laughs) And so it just goes back to what you're saying. Do you own a small business and need help with your numbers? I can help with that. Hi, I'm Carly Balti, owner of KW Accounting Services and the host of this podcast. Knowing your numbers is definitely in the top five things you should absolutely, without a doubt, no questions asked, prioritize in your business. You might be scared because you think your numbers are a mess, but I can help you get them organized and keep them organized going forward. Go to my website, carlywalty.com, to book a free consultation call to get quoted. Are you just starting your business and you have more expenses than income? Even if you don't have room in your budget for a bookkeeper, I still have something that can help you. Look on my website to see if my DIY bookkeeping template is right for you. Right now, get 10% off my template with the code PODCAST. This episode cuts off because I split this interview into two episodes. Tune into the next episode to hear us talk about our take on going to a live event. Anyways, for those of you who think entrepreneurship is an easy, straight, and narrow path, you can see from Krista's story there will definitely be some curves in the road and that's totally okay and normal she mentions you don't know what will work until you try it sometimes you just have to start and pivot as you go along and for those of you who aren't entrepreneurs but thinking of becoming one i don't want to scare you into thinking that the road is too bumpy and to have a smooth ride okay enough with the road analogies don't know where those came from anyways once you gain clarity on what works for you and are able to build out systems entrepreneurship can be simple Just remember that simple does not translate to easy. 
Here's the takeaways from today's episode. Number one, sustainability is super important in entrepreneurship. If you are putting a lot of effort into something that is not bringing results, pivoting is crucial to be able to do something that both brings results and is sustainable in the long run. Number two, if you are wanting to start something new, whether it is a new business or even a new service you're thinking about offering, you should really think about investing in it before launching it. A few examples of investing in your idea before starting could include education like books, podcasts, or a course, or you could invest time in shadowing someone that currently does that or time in creating valuable content before launching. Krista talks about how investing in the people she wanted to serve before she started made it so much easier than when she had started anything previously. I know my takeaways are normally shorter, but I really wanted to harp on this one. Investing in something doesn't always involve money. Starting a new business or even offering a new product or service can be a huge commitment. And just proving to yourself that you can commit to investing three to six months of educating yourself or creating content consistently can be the difference between success and failure. Number three, you have to talk about what you're doing. If people don't know what you're working on or offering, they can never utilize your product or service. This is a huge lesson I've learned on my journey. For example, I spent hours creating a beautiful DIY bookkeeping spreadsheet and have sold maybe two. And it's not because it's a bad product, but because I don't market it enough. I don't talk about it enough. Full disclosure, I haven't learned this to the fullest yet, but talking about your product or service doesn't have to always be selling all the time. Like Krista said, it's really about the connection you make with the community around you and creating those relationships. Then it becomes easier to talk about the things you've been working on, and it is a much more natural process to talk about your products or services. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. I hope you were encouraged to take the path of resistance, whatever that looks like for you. Even though it might be scary, it is worth it in the end to know you lived a life of intentionality and reaped beautiful rewards. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one. See you next time.